If Murray had supported the show, I'd be less sick of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> America's America. The Blubbity Blah. The Blubbity Blah. Sending out good vibes. I think to me the most striking thing that happened was when she said my favorite color is yellow and the patterns literally became yellow that completely like we were all like did this just did this just turn okay guys welcome back to the Grand America show we are going to be chatting with Caroline Corey a little bit later about her movie uh, superhuman fun chat. I was, uh, we were just trying to recollect on it. This is one of those weird ones that I can't seem to, I don't seem to be able to place. seems like it happened a while ago, but it didn't even happen that long ago. It's got a ton of views on YouTube. Yeah, it was, it was a while ago. Was it a while ago? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's been a month. Yeah. That's I know. I felt bad. I'm thinking more. You know, more. but, but I mean, we've been just pushing out all these episodes and I don't know. I just thought, well, whatever we have to do what we got to do. So it's a month late, but Oh, yeah, the French I mean, lady. No. Is she French? No, she's not French. She had an accent, though. Not really. No? no? Huh. Anyways, it doesn't... She was a know. nice lady. I'm looking at the YouTube stream. Yes. I remember that. It was that. fantastic. Yeah. That you want to introduce chat. me so I can no, talk about it? No. no, you stay in the corner for a little while longer. Uh, <laughs> after your little weed comment. Uh, the superhuman was like... Wasn't that the one that was like the new... Uh, the what do we? It was like the contemporary the new what, what, what the bleep, bleep. do we knew? Yeah. Yes, now yeah. it's it's all coming back. Yeah, it's flooding it's... in. <laughs> <laughs> and we got Graham day off Dunlop. So yeah, this was great. You're on holiday today. Yeah, it was I a great, was not. It was a great movie, buddy. I, it was a train wreck. <laughs> really? That was a fun train wreck. Yeah. We got the beam in at the end of the day. Oh, great with with minutes to spare. Wow. Stuart Olson really takes that schedule super serious for yeah. an airport that's not open and may not even <laughs> operate in another couple of years, but we'll get through it. That's good. That's enough about work. We're, we got better things. Well, about. I ended up with like, I got a bunch of vegetables at work today. Nice. I that's went great. to work today and I came home with a hundred pounds of vegetables. I was wondering how With that over a hundred pounds of vegetables. I got up there and he's like, let's go to my truck. I'm like, all right. Because we're doing a big deal of vegetable, like so I go, organic, I organic food up. deal in the back. We go to his truck. He just starts, like goes out, pulls out a 50-pound bag of carrots, 50-pound bag of potatoes, this is how 30 pounds of now. onions, bunch of uh, IGA, but you need any celery? You'll have to pick through it before you go home, see if there's anything in, you, in there you need. I'm trying to eat more vegetables, so that would, I would sure. I'm going to skin that. and chop all the carrots, and I'm going to freeze them all. Yeah, uh, the carrots, you don't have to do nothing to freeze them. Good anyway, for you, yeah, So you I traded just, a bunch of meat or? Well, we're working on something. We'll work out a deal. We're working on a deal, yeah. Working on a deal, a little, oh, little barter. A little barter system. We little, won't get into the, the table the, barter. That's right. Keep the government out of it. Yeah. He's teaching me how to store a lot of stuff. He kept his potatoes that he bought him this September, last September. This this weekend, last September, his potatoes lasted till uh, his onions lasted till June, 
in this pant in his cellar without rotting, nothing, just sitting down there. And his potatoes lasted till now. Wow, that's great. That's pretty good. So, so I've got him trying winter, to teach like, me know, how to store year, the those winter things. Storage, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna take a crack at it this year. There's that little spot under the steps here. I think it'll stay kind of cool under there. I'm going to kind of build a little thing around there. Doesn't so it freeze like in the winter? It super won't freeze under it? there, no. What? Really? This will stay all like. Really? Yeah. I'm hoping it'll stay around 12 degrees in there. I'm going to close all the vents off into yeah. there so that none of the house heat goes into there. And I'm hoping it'll be like my cold room. Right on. I don't know why you couldn't just use a fridge, but I guess it's just, why couldn't you just put it all in a fridge? I guess you could, but most people just don't have that much fridge space. It's not economical to keep 50 pounds of potatoes in the fridge. Probably, yeah. Imagine if you had to, yeah, I wonder how much that would cost electricity-wise all all winter long. Cause well, you, yeah, because I was thinking you have that fridge, fridge sitting in your garage if we just fill it up with potatoes and onions. Yeah, look into it. Yeah. But if the cellar would work, I mean, ultimately I'd like to figure out the way to do yeah, it without, without the fridge involved, yeah. Yeah. you know, would be yeah. ideal. Yeah. Like I think that meat that you were watching me do up there, when that's done... You could like vacuum pack that in one or two layers and just lay it on the floor in your basement. And it's probably cool enough that it'd be good all the time. Cover yeah. it with something maybe to trap in that cold air. So that's jerky though, right? You just dried it out? Yeah. All right. You got to mm. cure it too. Yeah. It's curing salt. Mm. Yeah. So I'd imagine you got a bunch of spam this week. No, I want to talk about Caroline oh. Corey first because this movie is important for people. Like, it's one of those ones where I mean, it starts out with remote viewing, which most people are familiar with and all that, but it ends up, you know, in the end where they're teaching people how to see without their eyes. I mean, this is truly like how us humans are superhuman and we can transcend these physical boundaries, you know, and make the invisible visible. I mean, it really is. There's a lot of science in there. They're doing all the experiments in front of the camera, and it really is inspiring in that way is it out now oh yeah yeah maybe i'll watch it tonight oh yeah it's yeah it's fantastic it's a good one for the friends and the family you know it's especially with people that might have skeptical uh you know skeptical points used of view, up my like video time for this week that's fine this you making this is an exception Does this, for count? this counts yeah. as work yeah this, exactly yeah you're not gonna like what i used it up on that doesn't matter. That's fine. Mulan. Mulan Rouge? No. Disney's Mulan. Oh, okay. That's okay. Whatever. The live action one. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what it is. So. It made me laugh a couple times. That's good. So anyways, yeah, check it out. There's links in the show notes to this. Fantastic chat with Corey about it all, or Caroline about it all. It's great. I'm told there's a large controversy because the, the lead actor supports China over Hong Kong. I was like, oh, that is a pretty um, precarious position to take in global politics. Yeah. Well, but not she's surprising. Chinese. Not surprising. Well, that's like, as I said, I'm like, I'm sure she was, she's probably a Chinese spy. Isn't all of Hollywood in, sort of siding with China right now? Isn't that the mainstream thing to do? You know, I wonder how many people that have been blaming the Jews for running Hollywood forever are just like, wait a second, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be China. It was a giant smoke screen. Gotcha. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to watch it later. If I don't watch it today, I'll watch it tomorrow. 
So yeah, we did get a lot of feedback. I really appreciate everybody giving us feedback on our dilemma, whether we talk about COVID or not talk about COVID. I think most of the people understood where we were coming from and it was a little bit of on both sides. You know, some people kind of sided more with Darren, like, let's not talk about it. This is our escape. And then some people said, yeah, I kind of understand where Graham's at too. Like, we got to talk about it. So we're not going to talk about it today, but we're going to talk about talking about it. <laughs> we're going to talk about talking about it. That's like yeah. a step in the right direction, lead, I feel it's, like. It's <laughs> going to lead me to a couple emails that I'll read about it. I figured you got a few emails this week. Yeah. I was CC'd on a few of them. Yeah. The one that you were CC'd on, I'm going to read. Except even though I'm a little reluctant because he's so complimentary of you at the end. Like you don't have to some, read that Like part. you've got some superpower or something. I don't have any superpowers. My my superpower is ignorance. I did. I, if you want to, okay, let, let's just talk about this a little bit here. I did get, uh, we got fact checked. I think this is the first time we got fact checked on Instagram. So they're honest. They're honest, Darren. Uh, I've been fact checked. On Instagram? Um, I'm not on Instagram. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying. On Instagram. Why isn't this? You don't say ham. You say spam. Spam. I forgot about that jingle. That was, I think, the first jingle that, that's the first, uh, this is, the, I think, the first actual jingle that ever got sent to us. Really? Yeah, I think it was Neil Davies in the UK. Yeah. So I, I posted a picture of a sign from a protest. What's it say? I couldn't it says, if masks work, then let family back into hospitals to be with their loved ones. If they don't work, then get them off our children. Someone is lying. That was fact-checked. What did it say? Fact check false? Yeah. Independent fact checkers say this information has no basis in fact. So it's a, it's a question, right? I'm getting into the beat. Masks. And this is a, so this is from the fact checkers science feedback and the conclusion is false. This question, this meme is false. Masks offer only partial protection from the virus that causes COVID-19. But their effectiveness can be enhanced with other measures like social, like physical distancing, health feedback. You know who's going I thought it was one or the other. I thought it was like kind of like you could wear a mask if you can't social distance, but I guess that's out of, out of there now. Old Dynamite was going off about masks today. Talk about how we can't breathe in them. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> now you understand my stance on putting my little kid in a mask who can't understand that she can't breathe. Or especially the kids younger than my kids that don't understand that they're like Danny says, I can notice myself getting low on oxygen. He's well, an yeah, older it, fella. Yeah, it, it, it affects you right away, your oxygen levels. And I was like, well, my, that's what I worry about is that a four year old kid won't notice that their breathing is weird or that they're not got the right amount of oxygen, that they're feeling dizzy or whatever. You know? Anyway, I don't want to get into all that anyway. My position is firm and hasn't changed. No, no, I, I just wanted to... Uh, Working at the airport fact is checking. challenging yeah. with this position. Oh, yeah, 100%. I asked, well, I did ask somebody locally here in one of the stores that you don't have to wear masks. I'm like, because I'm seeing everybody with masks now, even in places where you don't have to be. The, the programming is getting to the point where people think... I asked them, I said, what do people think when they come in this store? Like, what do they say? Do they think that the masks protect others or protect themselves? And they're like... Protect others, definitely. People think that they're protecting everybody else by wearing a mask. So it's that whole stopping your spittle thing is what really people think. They they think that they're protecting everybody else by wearing a mask. I guess that makes me an asshole. But I don't mind. 
Okay. I'll wear that. I don't even want to get into it because it's, it's the whole big picture is, is off, right? The whole thing is off to begin with, so. Skewed. I did see a bit of Dr. Oz today, and it creeped me out big time. How mainstream the whole thing is. He's got his, basically, his show is turned into COVID central right now. Trump's going to end up on Rogan. I don't think so. No? No. Anyways, that, I, Where does we're that getting see we're already you know we're already <laughs> getting down into the weeds. <laughs> All right, let's hear your emails. Okay, so I got an email about this. Darren and Graham. Oh, this is okay. Uh, I'm gonna read the uh, the title is COVID. Sick of it. An email in reference to your Damian Eccles introduction discussion about COVID. It was an interesting intro to do it on because I got enough flack about Damian Eccles. Yeah, canceled subscriptions and. Uh, oh, but people are disappointed crazy. in us. I, if people if people take the time to to tweet me and tell me how disappointed they are, I, mean, I usually just instantly block them. I don't know. I hate it. I just don't want to hear it. I have enough people in my real life to worry about disappointing that I don't need to have to worry about disappointing random people on Twitter. Obviously, we uh, knew what we were getting into and made the decision to move forward. I don't feel like I should need to defend he's that. He's been the rounds on, not that this is an excuse, yeah. but he's been on Duncan Trussell and all these big shows. I mean, he's been all over the place. I mean, he explains it in his book What did, that he he doesn't think he was, uh, or he was falsely accused and all that. But I guess this doesn't matter that he, that he was on death row for 18 years and got out. That doesn't matter to people, I guess. I mean, yeah. I don't even want it. I don't even know if I want to get into it here either. I don't want to get mean, into it. I'm just, I'll just bring it up that it worked out interesting that it ended up being on that intro. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, carry on. I mean, people want us to have, uh, you know, Ted Kaczynski on. Well, how is that? So you want us to have them on, but uh, we can't have that other guy on that's supposedly Who, innocent. Supposedly I mean, innocent. Yeah. I, def it's, it's, I defended your de decision staunchly. I know you did. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm totally comfortable with it, 100%. Me too. So I, I went back and forth with people about it, and I said, thanks for expressing your, your disappointment. Oh, I'd appreciate it. And they loved They said, well, if, only if I would email in and all the shows that I love, keep up the good work. Most people are pretty good about it. They just don't like that we had them on. I like when people use it as an excuse not to support. Yeah. That's okay. Like, well, how can I support you? It's like, well... It took you 445 episodes to figure out that we weren't worth supporting. <laughs> I feel like we should have made that decision earlier. Anyway, I digress. Damien Eccles turned out to be a more uh, controversial, controversial than cat than I expected. Yeah. yeah. Controversial intro, controversial episode. It all lined up well. Yeah. Carry and then, on. And then the next one after was... Industrial society yeah. has features, so we're just <laughs> stepping in it right now. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> so, hey, one more thing about COVID before I read this email. I was thinking what we should do, some some of these shows are going to be about COVID. Yes. Right off the bat. So we'll make our intros about COVID. Maybe that'll be the episode that we talk about it. We'll save There's the a bunch COVID of other ones like the COVID apps. Yeah, like Caroline Corey, this was not about COVID at all. It was about being superhuman basically so you know that's when we maybe won't even talk about it in the intro you know we'll try, we'll try and make that whole thing you know free from covid make sense it does make sense all right i still don't see anything from obdm about okay so let's go here's the email quick email 
Darren and Graham, feel free to read this on the show. I canceled my subscription to Gramerica because I was sick of hearing about COVID. It wasn't your fault. You guys weren't to know. I just had enough of it all. I live in Melbourne, Australia, and I'm sick of COVID. People here have been crushed. We are losing this spiritual war. I personally refuse to wear a mask. I do not obey curfew. I do not social distance. I shake hands with anyone who wants to do so. And I attend the protests where the militarized police force is just so weird. So I'm fighting hard, but the other day it just got too overwhelming. I had looked at the COVID data from around the world a thousand times, and I'm absolutely convinced we are living in the greatest heist, scam, lie, false flag, goddamn state-sponsored terror attack that this planet has ever seen. My own modeling indicates 200 million people worldwide will die as a result of the first year of lockdowns. My colleague, who is perhaps the best psychometrician in the world, believes my estimate is conservative. This week, I will resubscribe to Grimerica. I would personally like it if you don't talk COVID, but I also don't want to tell you how to run your show. I think it would be dangerous if you guys start listening to dickheads like me for advice. You guys well and truly know what you're doing. Finally, Darren, something tells me you are very close to knowing exactly how to deal with COVID and the machine in general. Your exit back to nature is sublime. You disappear without dying and in some ways without actually disappearing. To me, you are performing magic here. You sneak back into society, but you live in the forest. Your kung fu is good. You may have achieved what John Baudrillard aimed for when he said, dying is nothing. You have to know how to disappear. Wish me luck down here in Melbourne, the fastest growing dictatorship on earth. Paul. I don't think I, uh, your Kung Fu is good. Darren. I don't think my Kung Fu is that good. And you're magical. I don't know about that. No, I think, I think he's, he's got a great email. It's a good point, but it just kind of shows you why sometimes I feel like we need to talk about it. Cause he's living through this. These guys are people like him are living through this stuff. Right. And if we don't agree with the premise to begin with, how do you not talk about something that's so huge? That's, that was kind of my, my yeah. argument. Interesting that he would come on that side of it and be. Up against it. Yeah. I guess it's just because it's just all over, right? I mean, he probably needs that escape, right? He wants us to talk about, you know, being superhuman without worrying about picking up a disease that's got a 99.97 whatever percent chance of not doing anything to you. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I had to put off shoe shopping this weekend because I'm going to go support Strathmore businesses. Fucking good job, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I still, I just won't go into Calgary really if I have to wear a mask. I try just not to do it. I'm just, to be honest with you, I'm kind of super blown away and disappointed at just the amount of it that's happening right now. It really feels like we are subtly losing this whole thing. Everybody's just going right along with it. Could be. Definitely could be. Yeah. I spent most of my, uh, just, Weekend just, in the in the wilderness. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah disappearing into the woods, walking but, around. But just seeing all the people from the parking lot go towards the store and pull out their dirty mask out of their pocket, put it on their face, and walk into the store because the store is saying because because of our bylaws in our city. Yeah, and then coming out and then ripping their mask off right away, and all the kids hanging around the store a foot apart from each other, just having good time as a kid, like as kids do. As they're out doing that, and then they got to go to school and what? Pretend that they're going to be protected? It just all seems like a crazy scam. 
I think I'm going to get that picture painted, actually, oh, of nice. us out, yeah. in, out hunting the other day. Good. Kyle took it. Yeah, we were walking along. Beautiful. Yeah. So anyways, I, I feel like, um, you know, but people think we're going down a little too deep into it, too. I got some emails saying, yeah, you guys are a little too conspiratorial. And I'm like, really? We don't even talk about a lot of the extreme conspiracies. But because we're pushing back against this, it feels like there's a lot of people that are like, ooh, they're going a bit too far. And it's like, wow. You can just listen to the World Economic Forum yourself, what they're saying. It doesn't take too deep of the research to go to figure out that there's something bigger going on here. You know? But anyways, well, let's digress. I again. digress. <laughs> okay, I got one more feedback email here. We'll, we'll Keep read. Keep coming. This is from Christine. Oh, this is interesting, too. I mean, it does make you wonder. This is about censorship and stuff. Hey, guys, found you through Tinfoil Hat, and you guys have really grown on me. You cracked me up. There's a tiny little paper in a tiny little town about 20 miles away. My town is even tinier. Post office, two bars, and one restaurant. And I've started trying to do my part to get the message out by paying to advertise podcasts and websites in their personal section. I've added you guys to the list. Creepy thing happened Though once QAnon pub link was published, not that I'm a huge QAnon fan, I think their info should be included in the ge- if the general public wants to research alternative news. Anyways, the Thursday, September 3rd, 2020 issue of the NKC Tribune had a guest editorial titled, How Can You Stop Fake News From Faking You Out? The only site this expert goes on to address as fake news is QAnon. It was a huge 11-paragraph editorial on page 5. At the bottom of the editorial was a huge paragraph on the author's qualifications. Just to assure you that, oh yes, he is qualified to spot fake news, baby. I believe this guy is really CIA. No shit. And he didn't like this little town getting alternative news links printed in the paper. Band.video, geoengineeringwatch.org, blackgenocide.org, vaxter.com, several others, and now yours. This is the dude's list of qualifications as printed in our little paper, his guest editorial, David Dozier. DavidDozierBooks.com is the author of California Killing Field and an international recognized expert and speaker on mass communications, public relations, and communication management. Professor Emeritus in the School of Journalism and Media Studies at San Diego University, co-author of 100 books and chapters, articles, and scholarly papers, and his works have been cited over 4,000 times. Among his numerous honors are 1990 Pathfinder Award. I'm, I'm just going to skip through a lot of this stuff. There's a whole bunch of awards, public relations and everything. What a joke, she says. Complete overkill to slam QAnon while no mention of CNN, only QAnon. The article itself is creepy in how he tries to insinuate things like then uses his authority to like assure you he knows what he's talking about. Creeped me out. Felt like a mind job. CIA thing, dude. Totally. I'm starting to feel they have people everywhere kind of creeping an eye on what's left in the independent media. The NKC Tribune is just a little paper owned by a family in town. Anyway, that's it. Love you guys. Keep up the good work. I did the $5.55 sponsor for you and $5 for tinfoil. You guys love you guys a little bit more than Sam, I guess. He interrupts his guests too much. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> Anyways. I hear the QAnon stuff everywhere. Like the other Thanks day at great work, email. I had like four people bring it up to me. Wow. Yeah, it's getting very, very... One was yeah. the inspector. 
Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because the more they try and debunk it, the more they kind of bring it into our consciousness. It makes you wonder, like, what, you're really debunking it over child porn and child trafficking that they're trying to stop? I mean, that's then kind of like the wrong reason to, to try and go after down something. At, down at the one site was telling me how many people Hillary Clinton, Clinton killed. Oh. <laughs> well, you're getting the body count. Your 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 uh, worlds are colliding. It's like, oh boy, I, I didn't comment. <laughs> I didn't want to get dragged into that conversation. Never get out of there. I got actually I, same thing happened to me where somebody was talking about their hairdressers and conspiracies, and I was like, oh yeah, tell me more. <laughs> it was really interesting. I love hearing those stories. Tell so, me people more. People are waking up. Maybe maybe we're not losing this battle after all. So, mm-hmm. I do have a related operation project for us to talk about, if you want. Operation project, project operation? Yeah. All right. One of my favorite, it's going to be a double. One of my favorite segments. One of my, uh, could be my favorite segment of the show. This could be my favorite segment. Bullshit. Now you're just using reverse psychology or something. You think? I was thinking about you. Come on. I wouldn't do that. I might, but I'm not this time. What's what, what that noise? But it looks military to me. Definitely military. Probably classified too. Dish fire. Prism. Sentry Eagle. Sigma. Mannerkin. Artichoke. MK Ultra. Operation Project. Project Operation. So there's a couple here. This is um, trying to figure out which one this is. This is this is from the U.S. Marshals again. It's um, hmm, it's funny. What I think it's Project Homecoming. Again, there's there's a few media. I think the media is starting to pick up on this a little bit more, which is a good sign. But this was a one week initiative, and it was a culmination of several months of planning and coordination between the USMS Southern District of Indiana, the IMPD, Indiana Department of Child Services, and Indiana Fusion Center. <clears throat> and these were all reported missing by local law enforcement. And these children between the ages of 6 and 17 were considered to be some of the most at-risk challenging recovery cases in the area based on indicators of high-risk factors such as victimization of child sex trafficking, child exploitation, sex abuse, physical abuse, and mental or or uh, medical health conditions. So they they found um, how many did they find in this? They found eight eight kids in this. But I do want to say, like out of all these things, you know how you hear them in the media. And I've been talking about them a lot. Doesn't mean they're all victims of child trafficking. I think some of them are runaways. There's a there's a a bunch of different reasons why they would be looked for. Right. So it's not just like every time you hear like twenty nine kids were rescued. You know, it doesn't mean they were all rescued from this one area where they're all just a couple, you know? Yeah. There's a, I wonder yeah. what the percentages. Yeah. I know. I there's often wonder that average. too. Yeah. And then there's this one called operation broken heart. Now two indictments along among 1700 nation nationwide for child exploitation and operation broken heart. This was in Savannah, Georgia, Georgia. I don't think I talked about this one yet. Eh? It was uh, two men and nearly 1,700 arrested for child sex exploitation crimes. This was back in uh, June 2019. They were, um, 
Mm, let me just skip through here a little bit. Skippity doo The federal charges, uh, I don't want to get into all the federal charges and all that. Operation Broken Heart, a nation, nationwide, excuse me, a nationwide operation conducted during April and May by the Internet Crimes Against Children Task Forces led to the arrest of nearly 1,700 suspected online child uh, sex offenders. The task force identified 308 offenders who either produced child porn or committed child sex abuse and identified 357 children who suffered recent ongoing or historical sexual abuse or were exploited in the production of child porn. So during this operation, the task force investigated more than 18,500 complaints of technology-facilitated crimes targeting children and delivered more than 2,150 presentations on internet safety to over 200,000 youths and adults. The sexual abuse of children is repugnant and it victimizes the most innocent and vulnerable of all. Hmm. So there's another thing in here that talks about the percentage that we were talking about. As the percentage, oh, as the perception of sexual exploitation of children continues to move from windowless vans and back alleys to dark websites on the internet, the investigation and prosecution of these vile crimes must continue to evolve. We are determined with our law enforcement partners to find these criminals wherever they try to hide to protect the innocent from victimization. Anyways. Talked, I wanted to mention a couple of the real things that are happening with, with, uh, the real deal. You know what I mean? Apparently. Right. I mean, this is all from, these are from official sites like the, the U S state's attorney office, Southern district of Georgia from justice.gov. So it's not just from a Infowars, band dot video. You mean band dot video. That's right. <laughs> I don't see a book over there anywhere. It's ready. How is it? Is it superhuman-esque? I tried to find one. No? I tried to find one that was fitting for this episode. I got two mini, two little ones here. You might, you might be able to guess some of these. There's two tiny ones. All truth passes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as self-evident. I'm going to have to go with John F. Kennedy. Nope. Fuck. Author Arthur Schopenhauer. Writer. Yeah. The next one is only the small secrets need to be protected. The large ones are kept secret by public incredulity. Kissinger. Marshall Lewin. Sorry, Marshall McLuhan. Ah, that makes more sense. Yeah. There you have it, buddy. That's it. That's yep. all we got. That's all we got. If you're getting a little value from the podcast in some way, shape, or form, head over to grimerica.ca slash support. Let us know what the show is worth to you. Is it worthless? Is it worth $1 a month, $2 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, maybe $1? five dollar donation every once in a while whatever's clever you decide grabamerica.ca slash support do bear in mind <clears throat> we can't do these shows for free they cost us time they cost us money 
And uh, you can let us know they're appreciated over at the support page, goamerica.ca slash support. Sign up today. Sign up the newsletter, goamerica.ca slash news. Join the chats, goamerica.ca slash chats. We're pushing for 1,000 and 10,000, right? 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, 1,000 in the chats, and 1,000 newsletters. We're close to all of them, and 1,000 reviews. And 1,000 So reviews. this is the push. We want to get to that at the end of September, all those. Yeah. Hurry up. Giddy up. Do it all today. Yeah. Make it extra special. And enjoy the chat with Superhuman Caroline. We've got an exciting episode here. We've got Caroline Corey with us. She's the writer, director. She's award-winning filmmaker, writer, director, and producer of the uh, the awesome movie called Superhuman: The Invisible Made Visible. Um, I'm not going to go through your whole uh, whole bio here because I think that'd be a good way to start us off, and you can tell us a little bit about yourself because it seems to me like it's going to blend into this whole journey and the movie and everything. So, welcome to the show, Caroline. Hey, Graham. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited. I was wa- I watched the movie. I loved it. I told Darren it was kind of like a contemporary what the bleep in a way. It kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of had that sense. Yeah, uh, hopefully, kind of the next step from there. <laughs> yes, that's exactly like I liked how you included, and we'll just do a little overview here, and then we can talk about your your background maybe and what what got you interested in all this. But I really liked how you included the. Uh, the scientist and the, and the actual, all the instrumentation and all the, all the stuff that they're doing, like some of the guys we're familiar with that we've had them on the show before and all, but just to show them, them doing their science and how this is sort of like the next level of proving, um, you know, non-local consciousness and all that. It's really, it was really good. I mean, the first part of it, we've talked so much about remote viewing in here. So it was a little bit, a little bit, uh, review, but it was, uh, it was a great, great finish. Yeah, that was exactly the idea of this film because of what the bleep and the secret and all these movies, but not just movies, all the talk, you know, the last so many years, you know, telling us consciousness, the mind has an effect over the body or you create with your mind, uh, you know, thought, positive thoughts affect your health, so on and so forth. Yeah. But I felt like, you know, it was all still theory. I mean, it, this, uh, as much as it feels right, but um, I didn't want to just keep talking about it. I wanted to show <laughs> uh, how it's possible for the mind to act actually have a measurable effect on a physical object, on physical matter. So that's why the film is packed with uh, on-camera live experiments yes. uh, demonstrating. Okay, so 
the body, the, the mind affects uh, the physical body. So we did the experiment, as you know, with the water, uh, showing how just by looking at it, the pH can change or telekinesis, you know, just by focusing on it, you can move an object, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I feel like this movie, I actually have not seen it in a movie format where we demonstrate and do all these experiments. Yeah. So yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, that's what I liked about it. So what got you interested in all this? It looks like your bio has a lot of experiences, um, your own personal experiences, which the the guest people that you had in to bring with you on these experiments in the show also seem to be, you know, open-minded or they wanted to learn more about it genuinely, which was cool. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I, for me, it started when I was five years old. I started to have experiences where I would look at someone and I would know what's wrong with them or, you know, they're struggling with something and I could see the root cause of the problem. I would see what was going to happen to them the next day. I would see what is happening on the other side of the wall. I would hear their thoughts, stuff like that. And so I would see beings too. And so uh, I thought everybody did that. So I, I didn't, I thought, okay, this, who cares, you know? So that's why I never really talked about it. I didn't really think it was anything special. Um, but then that got me asking the question, okay, how did I do this? Because the person didn't know, but I knew. And then the next day this thing happened. So I started asking what made me know and how, what did I tap into? So when I was asking this question, basically that's really the science of consciousness, you know, how consciousness works, uh, the mechanics of it all. And so I spent 20 years in that field, developing methodology for energy medicine, for expanding consciousness, doing remote viewing and um, uh, intuitive abilities, all these types of stuff. I taught, you know, so many workshops, people all over, uh, you know, training, doing this methodology and getting more and more validation, like this is working. This is not, you know, we're not all imagining these things. You know, you focus your intention and then the blood test changes the next day or the x-ray shows this. And, you know, so because of this validation, um, I got very, I mean, I became confident that, Hey, we have something here. <laughs> and so then I started working with scientists and I said, we know this works. A lot of people know it works, uh, but how can we demonstrate it, um, you know, have measurable effects to share with the world? And so uh, they said, you have to do experiments. So I started working with all these scientists and we set up all kinds of experiments. So um, we would do experiments with DNA, with water, um, all kinds of things. And for the folks who are listening when we set up in a scientific experiment, it's not just focus on water and whatever happens, we measure that. I mean, it's very rigorous. You know, we set up a baseline, we take measurements over and over and over, over a period of time. And then exactly at the time that you focus your intention, this is where you see the effect, which tells us, okay, that is an effect from the intention. And then you have to do it over and over. Once is not enough. And so we really did it the correct way, if you will. Yeah. And yeah. it kept having repeatable, measurable effects. Uh, so I did that for about three years. 
And because it was real and successful, I said, okay, we need to, I felt like we need to share this with the world. And that's how the movie came about. Right on. What were some of the things you did personally to increase your, like, I, I feel like you went on this journey after realizing you had maybe intuitive powers or um, precognitive abilities. What, what did, what were some of the things you do, you did to increase that? Like I have friends, friends of mine, and loved ones um, are quite intuitive, but they're, they're not sure or they want to build up those abilities a little bit. Is there some things that that helped you more than others or some things along your journey that you would recommend to people that, that you know, are having precog dreams or they're having these intuitive moments and they want to increase that ability? Yeah, uh, the first thing is obviously meditation. But I learned very quickly that not, not all meditations work or do the same thing. And so uh, I experimented with different types of meditation. And some of them, of course, most of them make you feel calm and relaxed. But I wanted to know the difference. Like you hear people when they have a meditation, they say, oh, I felt like I was one with the universe. And I kept thinking, well, but that's relative. Well, how do I know? Like, how, <laughs> you know, so I really, really explored uh, the, uh, the types of meditation. And I realized that, uh, so when I was merged with the planet, it felt like it was the whole universe because it was so much bigger than me. But then what was it like when I merged with the planetary system or with the sun or with the moon, you know, then that felt different. And then I started to explore being connected and merged with the galaxy and the universe. So I really kind of studied how every time you expand your consciousness and you do a meditation, the effect is very, very different. And so because I spent so much time on that, I realized that there are certain meditations that really, really help you do certain things. And I was interested in staying very aligned and connected with what I call source, meaning, you know, to me it was creator or, you know, the, the intelligence of the universe. Um, and also I was, I wanted to keep my, um, vibration very high and I wanted to have clarity and precision so that when I do receive information, I know I didn't make it up because that was my biggest fear. When I would see certain things, I'd be like, what if I made it up? I'm not going to tell them, you know, before I'm sure. So that's why I really took the time to understand what type of meditation uh, to to achieve what results. So that that's a kind of a very long answer, but basically to say for people who are starting out and want to improve, take the time to investigate the type of meditation that will allow you to expand your consciousness. What are some of the examples of meditations that work? Yeah, so so that's why I ended up making up my own. I created, yeah, because because I knew I knew that, for and also I would meet people who did transcendental meditation and you know or different types, and and I could feel the difference. So so that's why I created this meditation called Connecting to Source, and I made it so easy, so simple. But basically, it's free of charge, by the way, for those who want to try it out. Um, and basically, you connect with, I want to call it the hub, you know, of the universe, kind of like you plug yourself back into that frequency. 
and you align all your brain channels with it and you kind of, um, uh, it kind of flushes your system out of the lower vibrations. So you feel very uplifted, very connected, but again, in this very clear way. And you bring that energy through your body into the earth and back up. So, so again, if you want to try that, it's, uh, I made a short, quick version of it that people can do at any time. And I feel it quickly gets you there, you know, and then after that, then you can focus on, um, you know, do you want to bend the spoon? Do you, you know, do you want to change the pH of water? You know, then that's a different type of meditation as well. So that one, that, that clarity that you talked about, that helps you discern what's true, what's imagination, what's, you know, if you're, if you're getting some messages that they're genuine. Yeah. I mean, there's a bit more training with that too. Um, so, but that's kind of the meditation that at least, uh, gets you out of your, the human mind because it raises your vibration and it aligns your brain channels directly with that. Like you bypass the, the planetary system, if you will. And so your human mind as well, you bypass that. But like I said, I, I've been teaching for 20 years. So I have, and I'm very like, I want to know how things work. You know, I, I don't want to just put my hand out and like, I know energy is coming out and I'm healing a person. I want to know exactly like, wait, wait, how did that happen? How is it possible? Can I do it again? Is it, you know, so because of that, all my work and my classes and, you know, are very, very specific. If you want to train yourself for telekinesis, it's a, it's a very specific method meditation, you know, aligning specific zero points in your body that not only quiets your mind, but that makes you very laser precise. If you want, you know, for discernment too, I have another kind of technique for that as well. Uh, where can people find that one? That connecting yes. the source one? So connecting to sources on my main website, okay. basically carolinecorey.com. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's free of charge. Actually, my YouTube channel has a ton of meditations for free. And so people can just go and explore and they will also feel how it's pretty uh, technical, if you will, uh, the different meditations and the connecting to source, the easy one is also on there. So did you do energy healing training in, as well? You mentioned that a couple of times. Like, did you go through any specific modalities or... Yeah, again, so I, I explored, uh, so, uh, you know, I, I'll just tell you again, I feel like I never had a kind of a teacher or a guru or one method that I actually followed, um, because I discovered these, these, um, abilities myself. And so I felt like I wanted to know how it worked and, and, because I looked at, for example, hands-on healing and stuff like that. It, it was too vague. It wasn't, it wasn't enough. like, yeah, yeah. And so I, I developed my own methodology basically, um, through time. Like I said, I've been doing this for 20 years. So, <laughs> so is it like Ray, is it like sort of Reiki hands-on healing, like connecting the source and then you're the channel for the healing energy, that kind of thing, or. No, not at all. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's 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 actually reprogramming. So basically, oh, okay. 
Yeah. So basically, uh, if somebody has a problem, so you, you learn to, first of all, align yourself, cleanse yourself. So that's kind of the preparation, but then you learn to identify the root cause because everything is information. So inside your cells is information. It's, it's, you know, the DNA tells your cells to vibrate, to function in a certain way. It tells it for you to show, you know, to appear a certain way. Um, but when you have thoughts and emotions, you're, you're also putting information in the cells. So when you're saying, I hate my job, I hate my life, you know, I'm angry at my wife or whatever, all these thoughts and these emotions are information that are literally going inside the cells. And so, so with this technique, you learn to identify the root cause um, of the problem that you're having at the cellular uh, level. You are able to retrieve that information from the cells and reprogram it. And so, yeah, so basically the way you put it in, you take it out. <laughs> so, so does this I mean, come get it, get into past life trauma and some early childhood trauma? Like you can, you get, get into that, that type of healing as well. Yeah, exactly. So with this technique, you basically are asking for the root cause of your current problem. So that takes you back to the way you programmed yourself as a child, you know, or you, you've had some trauma in this lifetime. But sometimes that takes you back to an early childhood experience or to even prior to that, to other lives. And sometimes it takes me all the way to uh, when you were... At a human for the very first time, like wow. so. So that's kind of how you have to go back to the first time, as far as as you can, in order for the current problem to go away forever. And that's just Otherwise, based on a specific problem. So it's not like yeah. you have to always go back that far, but just for the root cause of that thing you're trying to deal with. Exactly, exactly. And that's why a lot of people, for example, have an issue and then it goes away, but then it comes back. It comes back because, well, you helped it a little bit, but then you never really found the root cause. Oh, okay. Yeah. The minute yeah. you change the root cause, then it, it doesn't have any reason to come back because you've changed it. So once you find that root cause, is that enough, the acknowledgement of that enough to deal with, or do you have to do some work with it as well? reprogramming. Right. So you have to, so acknowledgement of course is the first step, but then reprogramming. So, so you can do this with different techniques, um, you know, intention. So for example, you can say, um, you know, I'm ask, I ask and intend for this root cause, whatever the, it is, um, to, to be deleted from my cells, from my conscious, subconscious cellular memory. So you can kind of say what you want and reprogram the cells, but also light, uh, it works with light. It works with geometry. It works with sound. It works with different zero point. I mean, there's different techniques that are all together as a bundle in this one methodology, because every person needs something different. So some people are not very verbal, like they just want to sit there and just feel stuff go away. Um, or children, for example, like, like they love light. So 
certain types of light erases information and new light puts in your information. Some Sometimes you have to use sound. Sound is much more direct and much more, it's like fractures the information. So it depends what, what you is needed at the time. So it's very sophisticated. Like yeah, it's yeah. very... Can you cheat with uh, sure. mushrooms or DMT or ayahuasca or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, I personally, I'm not very popular when I say that, but that's my truth. I personally uh, don't do that or use that or recommend that. That's, again, my personal opinion, because... Um, it kind of uh, gets you to to that place, state of consciousness, by using an outside source, even if it's a natural source. You're still you, so you're you are still t programming yourself. You're teaching yourself that you need this this product, whatever it may be, to heal. And so, so it's, I'm not, I mean, it's better than nothing, but, but that's kind of the issue that I have is you should be able to reprogram yourself organically because you created the problem subconsciously. Nobody creates problems, you know, consciously. So if you tap into your subconscious organically and know what you did, you just changed it. It's just like that. So, but we don't have that training. Like, who teaches us this stuff? No, who no. It's like, you know, as kids, you know, they, they keep telling us, you know, there's nothing beyond the body, you know, stop doing that or, you know. So that's why sometimes, um, and sometimes we're so stuck, you know, that maybe we do need, you know, something external and it's totally fine. So in that case i guess it's okay maybe like an occasional just to kind of unstuck you or something but not really as a um as a method to to heal do you think it's the shamans and stuff that are using it down in Peru? do you think they're tapping into the same mechanism though do you do you think they're connected yeah i, I mean i can't speak for all the shamans but i feel that uh, this gets them into an altered state of consciousness and then they can sense more Th that's the idea is that you are more sensitive you can feel things more that's why people have hallucinations like you see you hear um, and so i feel like that's what allows them to then they can feel your fear more. They can feel, you know, like a kind of a block, a trauma. So they tap into that, that energy of trauma or fear. And they kind of, you know, I don't know, they use like all kinds of smudging and stuff like that. But, but did it teach you how you did it? No. And the idea is if you learn how you to do it yourself, first of all, you learn about you and you also program yourself to never do it again. That's the difference. And it's, and that's why for me, the method should be empowering should, you know, I want the people to figure it out so that they can continue to self maintain self repair. That makes sense. Do you do that for people online, especially during this time where you, I mean, you talked about a workshop for something else in October, but do you have a regular clientele online that you can help with? through that? Oh, all the time. I've been doing this forever online. Okay. I started doing online when very few people were doing online because I realized that, um, so I had clients in Europe. I didn't want to travel to Europe and of course it works long distance. I mean, 
because there's no time and space. So you can just, uh, I started doing Skype yeah. session a long yeah. time ago. And especially now, I mean, with, with this whole COVID thing. So it, it works just the same. But it's psychological sometimes for the client to think, oh, I have to be in person. It's it's more powerful. It's, it's different. Maybe it is more powerful, but you still get the same effect. Yeah, well, that makes sense. No, I think it's great. We're stuck in this schizophrenic society where we're still... We're still, you know, stuck in this paradigm of materialism, yet most of us know people that have had these experiences or, we, or we've had them ourselves that prove that something else is, you know, there's something, reality is not what it seems, yet uh, we're still kind of stuck. So that's why I like, I like your movie with all the science in the end. For people that really need that, you know, to see these scientific, um, you know, results and the procedures, it's great. I mean, maybe we can get into some of that now is... Um, because some of the favorite ones that I haven't seen a lot of these things <clears throat> demonstrated, like like you did in the movie, like for example, the one that that um, I think you had thoughts creating the sounds, yeah. and, and actually there was some visuals as well. And what was interesting is the types of thoughts <clears throat> um, affected the type of visuals or the type of sound, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, so like I said, I tried to find different technologies to basically demonstrate the same thing, that when your thoughts, your emotions have an actual measurable effect, you know, and you can measure it through sound or through, uh, through visuals. And so we had this, uh, actress, um, demonstrate that where literally she would just be having the negative thoughts and then the, the sound would be completely chaotic and crazy and the visuals would be so, um, the software was programmed that when it's a, low, a specific vibration, a lower frequency, it would show up as red. And when it was calm, because it's measuring the EEG, when you are calm and relaxed and happy, then it would be a different frequency. And so, so it was incredible because like literally the second she would switch the colors and the, the sound would just match what she was thinking and feeling. Which tells us every time we think, every time we have an emotion, it is literally changing not just our brainwaves, but it's changing our entire chemistry. So that was, I love that example as well. Yeah. I think you can notice that. I think everyone can kind of notice when they can like, you start their good song comes on the radio or whatever happens and it kind of lifts you up or energizes you and all of a sudden the whole world seems like a new place. I mean, it's just try and spend as much time there as you can and life ain't so bad. Exactly. Exactly. Even with COVID, have you had any success killing COVID with? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the idea. Some of the things, because I mean, what's the point of this movie is to not just show and demonstrate the effects of the consciousness on the physical body, but, how can we apply this then to, um, to your daily life? And so the, the experiment we did with the pH, you know, remember that one. And so I'm not the first one actually who did this experiment. Um, there's a physicist, um, his name is William Tiller. He did an experiment where he had a group of people focus on water and they tried to change the pH. It would go up or down depending. And so I did that again in the movie and, um, and I was able to change the pH by one decimal, which is quite a lot. 
just by focusing the intention. And so the idea is if you can do this to a glass of water, then you can do it to your body because you're mostly water. And so we all know that viruses and bacteria cannot survive in an alkaline environment. So you and all most of our food and everything else is very acidic, keeps our body very acidic. And so if we're able to just try, you know, to affect the chemistry of our stomach or, or our body, then, you know, we could be avoiding all of these things. You're helping the body stay healthy in that way. And eat whatever I want. <laughs> and what? And eat whatever I want. Yeah, exactly. Excellent. I mean, technically, technically, you should be able to once you master <laughs> that ability. But uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes, I, you know, people don't, you know, sometimes they're like skeptical or whatever. And it's okay. But what does it what does it hurt to even try? You know, like your mind is free. So if you have a bit of a stomach ache or something, then try to focus on it, see if you can change the chemistry and see what happens. And, you know, I do, I do this with kids and they can just do it. You know, suddenly they don't have a tummy ache, you know, so, but adults are, are so complicated. <laughs> it's like, how do I do that? What if it doesn't, it's like, just try it and see what happens. And I think if you just give it a chance, you'd be surprised how much we can help ourselves. So going back to the COVID question, you know, if everybody did that, you know, maybe we would be in a better place, not just COVID, everything, our health in general. What about the resonance and DNA changes? I had a note here to ask you about that. Yeah, that was fascinating. In fact, this was one of the first experiments that I started to do with, with the scientists. I would literally, so, so we had um, DNA samples taken from women's placenta. And so, so we would put it, we would put uh, electro, electro, uh, electrodes in the, the substance and try to change the electricity that's oh, running. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good, yeah. And so, so when I did that the first time, I remember the, again, creating a baseline, taking all the measurements, and then the minute, the minute, the second I focused on it. I didn't know at the time what I was supposed to do. Like, I was like, so what do I do <laughs> with the DNA? But I said, I just want to create a measurable effect, like some effect that shows that I focused on it. And that thing jumped 400%. It was insane. And, and then when, it, when I stopped and it went back to the baseline, the scientist was like, what just happened here? You know, do it again and do it again. Every time it would have an instant, such a quick instant effect. And so this told us that, you know, again, the thought, the intention had a very strong effect on DNA. And the idea is if you can change the electrical conductivity in the DNA, apparently they've done research on that. And they saw that when the electrical conductivity increases in the DNA, it, it changes into a torse-like shape, speaking of Nassim. Yeah. <laughs> and it start, starts to self-repair. So that's why this experiment was very significant. This means that 
just by focusing your intention on your own DNA, you are literally self-repairing. So it's kind of like hijacking the placebo effect and, and giving it some intention. So do you think the pharmaceutical ads and everything else that's sort of bombarded in commercials and television and now on the news with COVID being mainstream and everything else, do you think that has some sort of negative effect on our frequency? Do you think we're not only fighting ourselves, but do you think, you know, because of maybe they even know that? Absolutely. 1000%. I think we're bombarded with, again, everything you have to realize to me, everything is information. So it's not like the information stuff that you read. Emotions are information. You're, you're putting out a frequency, which is information that your body receives. Excuse me. Um, same with, um, thoughts. And so when you're given words, you know, the name of a product, um, a drug, which usually are very strange to me. I don't know about you guys. Oh, yeah, they're they're weird. like the weirdest names, like Elantra. I, I don't know, just like those weird names. But anyway, those words, believe it or not, in fact, that's also in the movie, they have a frequency. So you're, you're looking on, at the ads on television. Already the words are already being absorbed by your subconscious mind. And it's already, and you're also focusing on sickness. You're thinking, you know, and also, isn't that a natural reaction when you see somebody sick? Don't you think like, what did this happen to me? Is it, doesn't that? Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you see all the, all the buddy side effects listed down below. I mean, you yeah, don't think you're going to say, Oh, that- am I going to get all those side effects? Now that's in your consciousness. Absolutely. And so we're bombarded with all of these, you know, on all levels, the sound, the person talking to us. So our ears are picking up those frequency, the letters, the words of the name of the, you know, the, 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 the drug. Plus you read, like you said, all the side effects. So you're really absorbing in many different, through different channels, the information, uh, the vibration of fear. And that's exactly what they want. Because if you're in fear, first of all, it's hard for you to, to see clearly you're confused because you, you, you're like, what's going to happen to me? What if this happens to my kids or whatever? And, and so the first reaction is they have, the, they have the answer for you. All you have to do is call your doctor or whatever. So it's, it's, it's total programming. Scary stuff. Here's mind killer. Yeah. <laughs> I for, I forgot about the part about the words on the movie. What can you expand on that a little bit more? Yeah. Do you remember it was um Karina Smirnov who did this experiment? And so we used a technology that actually measures the frequency in the voice. Oh right, yes. Oh that's oh that's very interesting. I'm glad we're talking about that. And sorry that we we have to keep getting into all these different aspects of your movie, but I think it's worth it to to dig, to dig into some of these, this deep. Yeah. So, so actually this technology, this vocal technology is used by the healthcare system to identify the frequency of cancer, for example. So they realized that the, every person's voice is very unique to them. It's like a signature, just like a, a, um, a fingerprint. 
It's extremely, it's very unique. So they learn, they, they figured out a way to analyze the frequency of your voice and look for the signature of cancer, for example, or diabetes. And so you don't have to take a blood test. You don't have to be injected with anything. Just through this technology, they can say he's carrying the cancer cell or whatever, which is incredible, right? But of course, we don't hear about it. <laughs> but you can research it and 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 see that that's a real technology. Is that so, available? Is that better? Is that easier to do in different languages? Like, say, English is kind of verbose. Is kind of not verbose. Um, it's kind of ambiguous. No, it's kind. It's a little ambiguous, <laughs> but it's also kind of technical. Like, it doesn't have a lot of the flavor and emotion that a lot of the European languages do. That's true. Actually, I did that one time in a class. The The language itself has its own frequency, but in addition to this, it's your voice. So the way I say something in English, it's not, it's, it has to do also uh, with the way I would say it in French. So right. it's the, the language is, you know, is, has a component, but also my voice, my frequency. And so, so that's why we also receive it differently. Cause when I speak French, it's, it's, you feel it differently, but anyway, going back to, to that technology. So if, you have this signature, usually you see it as a graph, you know, you see that frequency is doing this, whatever. But this gentleman in the movie, he took it from just a linear graph to patterns. So patterns would, would appear when you spoke. And so, so what we, the test that we did is that when the person was saying positive things, the patterns were like, beautiful like circles and stuff remember and bigger too like way more pronounced yeah. yeah yeah and then the minute she would say something negative it would get the patterns would be all chaotic but also the i think to me the most striking thing that happened was when she said my favorite color is yellow and the patterns literally became yellow that completely like we were all like did this just did this just turn change color just by her saying the color? So we were blown away. Even the you know the the person who led the experiment, which again tells us that what you say has a way to manifest. I mean, it's an actual frequency that is measurable. I wonder if that can discern truth versus lies as well. Or I wonder if that's why you can kind of sometimes. When you hear somebody lying, you kind of can tell they're lying. Like there's something about their, their, their vibration maybe, or their inflection or. Absolutely. Because no, yeah, for sure. Because, because it's picking up not just it's, it's the frequency. It's not just a voice, like a flat thing It's how the way you are saying it, you know, somebody can tell you, I love you, but then you could tell they're into somebody else or whatever. How can you tell? It's because you heard the words, but the frequency behind it doesn't match. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Can it pick up like sarcasm and stuff or like <laughs> teasing or like stuff like that? It can bypass all that. Depends on your intention behind it. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it will specifically say sarcasm, but it would be a different. It wouldn't be so harmonious because you're coming from a place of skepticism or, you know, or whatever, or not, 
being truthful or whatever. <laughs> so let's move on to uh, another part of the movie then, which maybe the telekinesis part, I guess, which is, you know, I mean, as a kid, I, you know, how many kids used to try that, you know, moving stuff with your mind or whatever. I could never do it. You should try. <laughs> I should try See? now. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I don't feel like I, I, and maybe that's a, you know, that's a problem. The problem is I don't feel like I can do it properly, but I don't feel like I can, I can do that. I don't same like with remote viewing, same with remote viewing, like terrible at remote viewing, terrible at, at PK. You're pretty bad at all the stuff you just want to be good at. I know. You can't, yeah, you yeah. can't lose the dream. I just I, feel bad for you, buddy. <laughs> I'm good at other stuff. You just got you get at hockey and yeah. Physical things. Yeah. yeah. yeah Maybe you is. should try physically meditating. Yeah. There you go. How do we well, shake I mean, Graham out of this thing of thinking he's not good enough to do stuff? Exactly. We have to reprogram him. That's step one. But also you have to be motivated. Reprogram. Yeah. So, um, so you, you have to be motivated. Like, why would you try remote viewing, you know, if, if you don't have any reason for it or telekinesis. And so, so for me, because it came organically since I was a kid, like I would, I would see stuff that's happening on the other side of the wall. And then I would go to check that, you know, or whatever. And then, then I started to create games like, let me see if I can guess what's inside that box. So let me see. So, so, and then I realized that this had a useful application, which is, wait, then I can look in someone's you know, heart and then see what's wrong and how I can help them. Mm. So then you're motivated to do this, you know? So, but if you have no motivation, then you stick to hockey and it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the experiment a little bit. Because that's yeah, really so, interesting. Yeah. So telekinesis. So so I had never done telekinesis before, and about three years ago, one of the scientists said, "Well, you know, we put a glass, we put a piece of paper under a glass, so and it's totally isolated, and we make it move and stuff like that." So I started looking into the phenomenon, and I said. That looks interesting, but I want to make sure that this is real. It's not wind or temperature or whatever. And so they said, would you like to try? I said, I've never moved an object. You know, I was in L.A. there in Oregon. And so I said, but I'll try. Whatever happens, happens. So the first time I had to figure out, like, what do I focus on? Do I focus on the screen, like where I see the actual paper? you know, cause they were talking through zoom, right. Or do I, fo or do I just focus on my mind? Like, do I focus on there? So I had to kind of like figure it out. And the first time I moved the paper, like five degrees. So it was like very little. And I was like, okay, well that, that wasn't so impressive. So, and then I was, I was like, wait, how could it, how could it move at all? you know, five degrees is five degrees. And so, so I said, well, I'll try it again and I'll try it again. And so, so long story short, I started to, I figured out how to do it. And eventually I was able to like move it like crazy. And so, so then we, we, we said, okay, well, let's do it, you know, scientifically, meaning, you know, set up a time, measure this, do it this and that. And that's how I was able to eventually get into it. So I started out remotely doing it remotely. 
And so because of that, I thought, okay, this is real. And one of the scientists had, um, did it with the vacuum. And now that was interesting because there's no electromagnetism. There is no temperature change. There's no air molecules. We, we did it with and without a mechanical, but mechanical thing is not, is not enough for you to move anything Like your consciousness is working with nothing and we're still able to move the object inside the box now what was the trick there was some sort of change in focus that enabled you to do that which surprised me and i i can't remember what it is now yeah i started to like i said i started to to investigate like in my mind now i'm going to try to to change the temperature i'm going to pretend that i'm there and I, my hands are very, very warm and my hands are on the box and that is changing the temperature. So I, that would work sometimes. And sometimes I would pretend or I would visualize that there were air molecules inside the Faraday cage. And then I was multiplying the air molecules to a point where it was like pushing the paper and that would work. Oh, okay. So it was so, a bunch of different yeah. things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking of what one of your guests uh, said she did. Was it love or something? Was it? Oh, my God. Yeah, that was crazy. So another thing that we wanted to do in the film is I, I didn't want to be the only one or just show yeah, yeah. Only, only like people who train. And, you know, I said, I'm going to invite random people, you know, young, old kids from all over the place and and just see if they can do it just learn it and do it and so so we invited uh rachel brooksmith that for that experiment and um, literally we taught her in two hours and she also had to figure it out first um so you know first that like, you start you also have to do this gradually you start by even if you touch the paper a little bit is okay because you're making the connection you're trying to figure it out then you put it under glass, then you do it without touching, then you, you know, kind of move away from it. And so, so as she was trying to figure it out, as she moves away from it, and that paper is under a sealed container, uh, a glass container, she starts to say, I wonder if I just, she, she, she's, she was being very playful. She said, I can give it a name and try to play with it and just give it love. And, and the second she said love, that thing started to right, turn. Right. It was so weird. So again, about vibration. Yeah. It all comes back to love. It seems in this, this reality. Those seem to be love based. Fear doesn't help. Yeah. Those might be the two. Hate's probably just a different spin on fear. Yeah. It's, de it's definitely part of, Fear and love, I think, and then hate, everything negative comes down from fear, right? So they say. So what about... Uh, Who's they? They, everybody. Oh, okay. They, uh, what about uh, the one with the recorder, Ben Hansen and, and Corey? <laughs> yeah. Corey Feldman was in there in his purple hat and all that. It's pretty, pretty flamboyant. But yeah, that was great. I mean, I don't even, I, I still don't even know how that happened. I mean, how do you, how do you do that? It's crazy. So the idea is everything is electromagnetism. I mean, that's the idea. And so we are, we have an electromagnetic field. Everybody does. Objects do to a certain degree. So the idea 
is to amplify this electromagnetic field between you and the object, for example, in the case of telekinesis or whatever it is that you, you're trying to, to move. And so, so in this experiment, we were just demonstrating that even a sound wave can travel through an electromagnetic field. So he records um, uh, a, a message on one tape recorder, and then he plays it on another tape recorder that wasn't plugged in. It didn't even have a battery in it. It didn't have so, a battery. So it goes from the one through a... It's basically, it's like the, vibe, the sound vibration in a way. It was on a plate, and it goes into the other tape recorder with no and, uh, plug-in or anything. Exactly. And the way we did that is by uh, putting coils together, which amplify, which created a magnetic field. So that meant that it was just a demonstration. It wasn't, you know, that the sound from his voice used the magnetic field basically to transfer into another tape recorder. Yeah, that was crazy. crazy. Yeah, very crazy. Very cool. And then the most important part of the movie, probably, I mean, I can't believe we haven't talked about this or we don't know about this. Is it called Vibrovision? What is that? But but the part, yeah. But I mean, just that you you guys went to all these different places that are actually actively training people to do this. And it started in Russia like 30 years ago or something or 25 years ago. And I can't believe how, how, how many people are learning how to do this and that we haven't really heard about it. I mean, it's, it's mind blowing. Yeah, exactly. Well, when I first saw it, I, I thought it was like this. There's a trick somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's like so unbelievable. Like what? You can train people to see without their eyes. And so I investigated it and I, I wanted to go. Now, I can't speak for people you know, that I haven't investigated. I don't know how they do it. But the people that I saw, I mean, um, literally, first of all, the mask people don't realize is, is pretty thick, you know, you can see, and, um, and there's no way you can see through here at all. And so sometimes people say, oh, well, maybe there's They're light coming in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But these kids were playing ping pong and getting on a bike. So. No, but when you, but, but also when you did that demonstration where you put the mask over the, I mean, obviously you're just putting it over the camera, but. I did get the sense that that's how dark it is under that mask. It's totally dark, totally dark. And we did it again. We put in a device. Uh, the scientists put a device to measure the amount of light that was inside. And it was zero. And so our visual, I mean, we see because light is reflected on objects. And that's how we see. That's how the visual system works. So even if there's a little bit of light, so people who say, oh, they're cheating, whatever, which they're not. But um, even if there's a little bit of light leaking on this side, you still can't see because the light needs to be on the outside reflected to your eyes. And so so these, I, I can definitely vouch, you know, this was real. I mean, I did it myself. And the kids and, you know, the adults too. Also, some of them can see behind their head. So how do you... Well, yeah, because it's not, I mean, it it stops being about where you're facing, right? I mean, if you can see without your eyes, you can see whatever. I mean, that's what's fascinating about it. The implications are, are huge. So maybe explain then, 
how it works. Cause there is a specific train. Like you have to kind of get out of this paradigm of seeing through your eyes. And I guess part of that would be you put on, you get into complete blackness and then you start to see things in your, in your vision, I guess. So I, I, I didn't quite catch like how people caught on to that necessarily. It showed some people, but I, you know, it was interesting how I, I, I don't really under, I, I don't know how I would do that. Yeah, so so actually there was different techniques. Okay. So the vibra vision, they teach you to sense the vibration of the object. So oh, you become okay. so so you're you become so sensitive to the different vibrations that you recognize what's there. And then you work on it, you you speed it, and eventually you become so fast that you can pick up everything that's in front of you. So that's vibra vision. But the other techniques aren't like this at all. The other techniques, you focus that you're outside your body. Well, if you're outside your body, then you can see everything. And so it's not exactly like that, but something similar to that. And so, again, it's about pro- reprogramming the idea that you need your eyes to see. So if you are outside, then you can bring in light, you know, from the outside. And then eventually you start to see little dots of light inside the mask. I mean, because I, I did the training, so I know. And so what happens is that it's completely dark, and all of a sudden you visualize that there is light from everywhere, and you're outside bringing it in. And all of a sudden you start to see little dots, usually on the side first. The peripheral vision comes first. So that's why sometimes you see kids doing this to read, because because on this side it's clearer than on this side than straight on, and so you start to see these little dots, and then you focus on making them bigger and bigger and bigger, and before you know it, like you start to literally see. So that so, dot it actually turns into full vi- almost full vision. Exactly. Yeah. That's, okay. That's, that's what I was train. talking about. Yeah. But but the idea is you're still using your mind like to to reprogram yourself that you can even do that. So how is it, is it coming through like your cells or strictly, is it a, is it really an out of body? Are you almost forcing an out of body experience to happen or is it like, how is it actually being picked up then? Yeah. So, so these other techniques, some of them, they're called infovision is, is a, they call it direct vision, meaning you're literally seeing through the mask, through these people. I mean, these that you've created. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, but other ones are, you're basically imagining that your consciousness is bypassing your body and then you can see from your skin, you can see from everywhere. You don't need to do it through the eyes. So people are, yeah, go ahead. So different techniques use completely different ways, methods, but they end to, I mean, they still get you to the same result. Does it, does it seem easier on kids again with this? Because they're not oh, so definitely. programmed. Yeah. Yeah. So kids like, you know, you just tell them, uh, they just put it on and you say, what color do I have in my hand? And they'll just tell you, they'll be like red or blue or whatever. Or you say, what, what object do I have in my hand? They'll tell you. But if I did that with an adult, they'll be like, how am I, it's, it's pitch black. I can't see anything. How? And then you get into your head and the logic of it all. And it doesn't work. Right. So, so kids, like we just taught a class online 
because of the COVID thing. And after two classes online, the kids, um, two of the kids first, were able to read and do puzzles uh, after two classes. So this is fully masked, like no vision, no traditional vision. I mean, you did, the movie really shows like it's it's you, you can't say it's fake. I mean, the movie shows these kids running around through obstacle courses, playing ping pong. People are reading blind people. Right. Can read. Exactly. I mean, it's the implications are huge. I mean, this person that has real b- bad vision problems, like she has to go right up to a, to a menu Where to read it. Where can we get one? Sorry? Where can we get one? Those masks? Oh, they're on. I mean, I sell them uh, on our website because we're training people. But if you're overseas, I mean, if, you, if you're in Canada or in Europe, you can just find them online because then you have to pay for shipping. And these are only like... 10 bucks, 15 bucks or something. But there are different kinds of masks. That's why I like to for people to get them on our website if possible, because these are, first of all, they're very comfortable, but also they're very thick on the side, whereas other ones do leak, <clears throat> excuse me, leak light and, and they're not so comfortable and so on and so forth. So that's why I recommend this particular one. Um, you know, and that's and, called the mindfold. That's called the yeah, mindfold. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not doing advertising for them, but I'm just saying, you know, cause I've tried different ones and this one seems to be working the best. Um, yeah. Or on the website for those who are in the U S, um, at superhumanfilm.com. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so, so to me, of course, the, the idea, this isn't a circus. I mean, this isn't a magic trick. This isn't just for fun. I mean, of course it's for fun, but all kinds of stuff start to happen. You become more intuitive. You become more quiet. The children start like who are dyslexic, dyslexic, um, start to read better. Uh, so all kinds of improvement happen as well. Um, and of course, you can also use it for uh, visually impaired folks and the blind. And that's, I mean, when you think about that, it, it's crazy what, how useful this could be. Have they taken it on as a tool yet? I mean, is it, is it, has it penetrated that, that community? Well, some folks are very serious about it. Others are, you know, as you know, skeptical, well, show us it works. And and it's so funny, like how people um, who don't want to believe, they'll just like not even hear. And I mean, honestly, like if I had a visual impairment or, you know, if I mean, at least I would want to try, you know, it's like, but, but the thing is um, there, there is quite a bit of um, a few, many folks who have been helped but I do want to say that for the blind, um, it, it depends also on why you're blind. So sometimes if you're blind from birth, um, so your brain has formed a certain way. Whereas if you have a, like, a, like an accident, like a brain injury, and you become blind from that, it, it's slightly different. And so that's why we can't say that if you're blind, you're going to see. I yeah, mean, it depends yeah, yeah, yeah. on the case, you know. So, but for example, there was one case um, in, and we have the videos of all those people um, in Italy. He, he he literally did not even have an eye because it, he, it was uh, from an explosion or something. Um, and so, and he was able to use this method and he was reading like normal. Crazy. 
she was reading the newspaper. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's really important. Is there a place? Is there a place in Utah that does training? Um, if people do want to do it in person as well. Yeah. So the Vibra Vision, they're actually in Utah, in yeah. Ogden, Utah. Right. So if you want to learn this vibrational, you know, way, so they can look, um, you know, go there. But if they want to learn the other way, yeah. then it's different classes like all over people are all over okay. and, not, and normally you don't do this online but we, we said let's just try it because with the COVID nobody wants to travel and so we tried it one time online and it worked great with kids so we're going to try it with adults next cool when are you doing that do you know like is there something we can ad- help uh, advertise if people want to go on and learn yeah, it's, it's September, actually. It's on the website, but what's happening is that for those types of classes, because it's very, it's actually tedious work. I mean, it's not, you just, you don't just like, learn. I mean, you, you have to focus and concentrate and do exercises and, you know, so, so we can't take a lot of people. So the classes are very small. That's another reason why this has not spread like crazy because every teach instructor can only do so much. So usually they're like 10 or 15 people in a group or maybe 20. And so, so that's the reason why, you know, like there's so much, so many classes that we can teach at the same time. So are you certified? Like, do you have to get certification to teach that or at all or? Yeah, so some some schools you have to be certified to teach that. And other schools they kind of picked up their own way and their teaching. And so I because I've been teaching um, energy medicine for 20 years and I had all, I have all kinds of um, other complementary things. For example, uh, the type of meditation, the type of quieting, the type of things that I did not see in other methods. Um, I said, I need to come up with my own because, you know, I, I think these are very important to know exactly how to breathe, know exactly how to do the meditation. So I kind of added this to my curriculum, um, as just an, an, an additional tool, but there are instruction instructors out there, like I said, who are certified by those different schools. Okay. Imagine us, like we could put masks on and just see, like be podcasting and See well, video and everything. See that's what I want to get one. I want to see if you can get to a podcast with a mask on. And then we'll like, we'll send you to Walmart too and see if that <laughs> counts as your COVID yeah, mask. Wearing a mask. Yeah, wearing a mask. So um, we've got a question here. Um, I wonder what your take is on the pineal gland as far as this goes. Like, are people using this gland to to see? Yeah, so so there's one school of thought. That's why I encourage people to research the different methodology and see which one works for them. So some schools, for example, the lady in England who teaches the kids, uh, that's the segment in my film, yep. she does think it's the pineal gland, but other schools think it's the pineal gland. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, so I personally think that the pineal gland is involved Definitely, because it is the the part of uh, is a gland that absorbs light, and so even through suggestion, even even if you're saying I'm seeing light, I want the light to get bigger, you're literally kind of telling the pineal gland to absorb more light, even though there is no light. So even as a suggestion, um, 
um, or affirmation. You know, the pineal gland is involved. But I personally think it's the entire brain. It's um, you're switching from a linear brain functioning to like a full brain functioning. It's like the whole brain engages into the experience of light, not the visual system itself. In fact, like I said, sometimes people don't even have an, an eyeball or their optic nerve is not functioning. So how can they still see? Because there's photons everywhere, you know? Exactly. And it's, and it's your brain that is seeing. It's your whole brain that is absorbing. And you are processing uh, what you are absorbing to say, you know, your cognitive mind is saying, I am seeing a table or a chair or whatever. So you're really seeing with your brain. You're not really seeing with your eyes. And so that's why I think it's even more than just the pineal gland. Have they done any like fMRIs at all while people switch from visual to this uh, full brain thing? Yeah, I love that. So there, um, the the VibraVision folks are doing a research on that. There's somebody else I know in France who has a software, um, basically analyzing the patterns, the brainwave patterns while you are um, wearing the blindfolds. But so far, also even the Russian groups, uh, so what they do is they see, they measure the EEG, your brain waves, when you are trying to read blindfolded. And they notice that the brain is behaving as if you were seeing and reading. Wow. While at the same time, they have a device measuring inside the mask that there is no light. Wow. And the pupils are open or very ex, uh, extent, um, dilated, expanded, yeah. dilated. And usually they're dilated because there's no light. So how can you, uh, because there is light, but there's, but then there is no light, right? Um, oh, so, there, so the other, other way around. The, yeah, there, the, yeah. Yeah. So, sorry, yeah. I, I was, I was, yeah. because I was, I was thinking about the, the, it's actually in the film, but we don't pay attention. If you pay attention, you will see the person's eyes are oh, dilated. Yeah, yeah. And, and then it's showing that there is no light, the zero light photons. And, but their brain waves is saying, say, it's saying, I mean, it's behaving as if there's light and they are reading. Right. Yeah, that's incredible. So I guess, Darren, do you have any questions after, after all this? I had a question from of... the chats, but I can't find it. Something oh, to do with okay. Rasputin. Post it again. Do I'm not, I don't want to go back and look. Just post it again. <laughs> so I guess, I mean. Oh, after, here it comes. Oh, from Slowboat, would you gents be willing to ask Carolyn if she knows anything about Rasputin's abilities? I've been very curious lately. Oh, yes, no. I have. Go ahead. Uh -huh. I haven't really researched exactly his abilities, but I, I think all psi abilities, remote viewing, telekinesis, moving objects, all of this, to me, you're engaging really the full brain. That's how I see it. And then a lot of folks who can do things don't necessarily know how they do it, but it's like they, they recognize something, like they know how to switch back to whatever that place is in their brain. And then they're able to do it again. But to me, because I can see the subtle energy and I can see how my brain is behaving, I feel like I'm going through the pineal gland, which is like a portal actually. 
And then I feel like my whole brain is flooded with information. So it's coming from 360 from all over into this one place. And then I, it's kind of making me retrieve the information, whatever it may be all at once. That's why you hear, see, sense, feel, understand, like as an experience, it's, it's hard to describe, but I think I described it. Yeah. So, so I can't speak specifically for him, but I feel like that's what's happening. And each person recognizes the way to go back there to achieve what they want. So is that DMT? Are you somehow activating DMT, DMT in your pineal gland, do you think? or It's a byproduct of that. Okay. And so the meditation technique that um, is uh, specific for, I call this mind over matter, um, you know, training um, is, is, does also that, that it's like you're focusing on the pineal gland or a, a zero point inside your brain and you are kind of absorbing um, or balancing or calibrating all your mental energy, if you will. And then there's another point behind the heart at the uh, um, thymus gland also that creates another it's like a little vortex there that creates another field and then behind the navel is another field and so the training is the meditation training is you're aligning these three points and you get to this perfect stillness state and you and those three zero point help you become very laser-like and so I don't know why, how I got into this, this, <laughs> this, this, uh, conversation. I don't know. I don't remember what the origin was about the pineal gland and DMT. Yeah. Oh, DMT. And so what happens is once you are in this perfect zero point alignment, then it is as if it's, it's like the chemistry that follows, you know, that allows you to have all of this information, tap into all of this information. So first it's your consciousness and your intention to get to that place. And then, you know, the chemistry follows. Interesting. Wow. Is wow. synesthesia somehow connected to this? Yes, absolutely. Because like I said, your brain starts to function differently and you can, all the senses come together. So it's like you hear color or you see sounds. It's very cool. Like you're not, you're not separating the five senses anymore. Yeah. You one know? of the guys in the movie was studying synesthesia and that's how he got into the, I think it was the guy that was doing the sound and the visuals from the brain, from the thoughts. I think exactly. one of those guys. Exactly. Yeah. It was, it was pretty fascinating. He was studying that and that's how he developed his software to get to actually visually represent the, the vibrations of your thoughts. <laughs> It's crazy. Exactly. Yes, you do. Uh, so what about, I guess, what about, do you have any questions, Darren? Or no. Before we, um, what about, uh, I'm just long for the ride. Yeah. What about the, like for this, like advice for people during, I mean, we already talked about a little bit, the fear, like getting out of the fear state, but I guess, do you have any general advice for people through this confusing time right now where people don't know what's happening in the future or what's going to happen with, uh, life. I mean, it's so confusing for people kind of stuck. I mean, people are stuck. Sometimes you feel stuck on many different levels, you know? 
definitely. I think more than ever before, you need to be in charge of your mind because Ah. it's crazy what's happening right now. I mean, literally all this stuff that's happening, I think messes with your head. You're like, wait, wait, I can't do this anymore. You know, I've done it my entire life. Wait, wait, I have to change everything. You know, it's actually, it's really affecting many people psychologically in so many ways. And so that's the reason why I think more than ever before, it's so important to do whatever you can to make sure your mind, you're in charge of your mind. So, you know, I recommend people do these meditations. They're free. So go to the website, go to the YouTube channel and do the connecting to source meditation, do the other meditation to keep you in this kind of connected, uh, higher vibrational state, uh, just so that when things come at you, you have the clarity Because the problem is when we're bombarded with all of this uncertainty and the fear, you can't make a decision. Wait, does that mean I have to move? Does that mean I have to change job? Which job? Where do I go? What do I do with? So there's all this uncertainty and you can't think clearly and you can't make the right decisions. So that's the reason why these meditations allow you to at least have, you know, that clarity so that you do make the right decision. When they're going to hit us with, you know, the kids' school thing, or you have to take a vaccine and all of those new laws, you know, that are coming up. I mean, there are many things also that you can do um, where you can still create your reality within what's being created for you. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. You can, you know, just again, through meditation, you learn how to do a shield around you. You become invisible. You become, I mean, not it, you don't disappear, but you can do all sorts of things. Shield yourself from people, you know, kind of projecting stuff on you, absorbing virus, all kinds of stuff that you can do. I think people need to take this very seriously. Yeah, that's no, that's a good, that's good advice. I like that. Where is the best place to watch the movie? Just go to superhumanfilm.com and they'll see all the information there. They can, um, you know, they'll see the platforms where they can watch it in Canada. I'm pretty sure it's on Rogers also. Is that your cable? I think. Um, but, um, but also, you know, Amazon, iTunes everywhere. Good. And there's also some information on the workshops as well. Good. Super, good. Superhumanfilm.com. Nice. Are those, uh, before I forget to ask, those zero-point energy uh, points in your body, are those the same as the traditional chakras, the three chakras? No? No. No. Okay, interesting, yeah. Yeah, these are, literally, these are like portals. Like, it's basically empty space. And uh, when you hold your, uh, your energy field around that particular point, first of all, like for example, the one around the pineal gland, um, use all the mind chatter, um, you know, kind of gets absorbed within the zero point, And then this gets you to this like perfect stillness. It's almost like, the and then you can see so, so clearly. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Good. So it's slightly different. Okay, good. Awesome. Right on. Is there anything else you want to say before we uh, wrap it up? I think this was great. You guys were all your questions were awesome. Good. And 
I just hope people will um, not worry too much about questioning and just like going out and do it. You know, it's like it costs nothing to give it a try. And then, you know, before you know it, you start to feel empowered and it can help you in your daily life. So I'm really hoping people will uh, watch the movie and uh, do that. Yeah, I think you did a great job on it. I mean, I think it's one of those ones that can make an impact on a lot of people's lives, especially with all that scientific stuff and all the studies and and the guys, the guys in your film, not guys, but the people in your film, you know, it's great. So thank you very much. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. All right. It was awesome. nice to meet you. Maybe we'll see you at an event sometime or something like that. I hope so. Let me know if you guys are coming out to Utah for okay. sure. All right. Take care. We'll take see care. if the border opens. Thanks for coming on the show. Come back anytime. We encourage, encourage our audience to check out the movie. Thank you so much. Superhumanfilm.com. Okay, see you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Oops. And that was our chat with Carolyn. What'd you think, buddy? <clears throat> yep. That was a winner. Uh-oh. Oh, Did God damn it. What happened? Are we still going? It says we, we need to fix your Microsoft down? account. Most likely your password has changed. What? Did you change the password? You said you accidentally did something last night. Was it change the password? Last night? Yeah. When you were finishing up Union of the Unwanted. No. Hmm. Mm, scary. Scary things Microsoft happen. Microsoft problems, Facebook problems. Maybe thought, the big the America purge has begun. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> you can't publish COVID cures in the podcast it was feed. It's to happen. Not Anyways, it was it, it really was a good movie. It was a little slow at the beginning because I'm used to we've talked so much about the remote viewing. It was kind of like a little bit review-ish, but then now that other stuff, like that blind, uh, those masks, man, that was crazy. This should all be reviewed for you dude. at this, this point, is, buddy. This is, I know that's what that's what's so astounding. I mean, we've done this show to all these topics for so long, and there's still new stuff in these people doing workshops and research that we don't even know about. Yeah. Anyways, stuff. yeah, she's great. New yeah. stuff. Yeah. Speaking of new stuff, you're getting some value from the show, find, learning some new stuff. Send some support to grandamerica.ca slash support so we can get some new stuff, like maybe what? a new cord, a new insert cord. Oh, you cord. need some cords, yeah. Well, like that one's kind of rigged up. It's tied back and pulled in the one direction. Yeah, it seems uh, to be working. But uh, then we got another broken cord. Grandamerica.ca slash support. If you're getting a little value from the show, you want to send a little value back our way. You know, go to the support page and think about what does the Grand America show, how much does it make my life better? Is it worth more than my cable, more than a coffee, more than some candy, cigarettes, whatever your vice is? Where's the show measure up? GrandAmerica.ca slash support. Uh, if you can, when you can, sign up for the newsletter, join the chats. I think there is a real possibility that uh, the social media thing could be coming to an end. The, I don't know for sure. About this. I know there's been people entering lately. Not the chats, but I mean Facebook and Twitter. Twitter hasn't been too bad, but there's been some weird things happening with the Facebook page lately. Oh, you mean for like Grime America on those yeah. platforms? Yeah. yeah. So it's a good time to be in the chats. GrimeAmerica.ca slash chats. We are going to transition soon to the Mastodon is getting worked on. And the Grand America chat server on our own server is getting worked on. So the best way to do that is you need to be A, sign up for the newsletter, and B, in the chats so that you know when all this stuff happens and you're not like, what happened? Where did everybody go? And then you don't find us. You better if you find us. GrandAmerica.ca slash chats. Join today. What else? Spam Graham. Support the show. Buy your wheatgrass. Help out 100% Canadian maple syrup. Maple Sent the syrup. code. 
We got a we got a maple syrup code. <laughs> it's okay. It's just uh, if somebody from the chat. So you think it's you. real? Yeah. <laughs> All that sp- fantastic stuff. Shout out to Lou. We hope to see you. Actually, we won't see you, but we hope you can go represent Canada at oh. the Scablands in September. Oh, nice. Yeah. He seems like he could isolate. Actually, shout out to the Rev too. I was hanging out with him on Saturday. Did you know farmers are allowed to go over the border and come back and not quarantine? Same with truck drivers. <laughs> no. How come we? How come I have to quarantine? Because you're I not go? essential. You're I'm not pretty that essential. essential. You're not that essential. I. Let's you're only essential in your local area. I'm essential all over. I won't talk about why you're essential because that's it'll get us in trouble. You're unessential. What are you going to say? I just, I'll tell you after. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. Can you observe my existence in the way that I make debris swirl in the streets? What is it that inspires us to go left instead of right at that fork in the road?